Sup guys, this is Joe Blair, host of the Sports Gamble Ramble. I want to take a few seconds here to tell you guys about the Anchor app by Spotify. It is the app that I use to record and promote all of these episodes that you guys have been listening to. It's super easy to use. It's free to download. It uh, gives you the ability to edit and launch your podcast right from your phone or computer. Um, ton of upside to this, super user friendly, uh, and also gives you the ability to monetize your podcast and record nifty little ad reads like this so you know if you're ever interested in starting your own podcast or know anyone that is uh download the anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started and thank you for listening welcome back this is sgr 39 Today we're talking about the New Orleans Saints. Uh, we're going to be knocking out all three of our remaining season previews today. Um, the Saints, uh, Panthers, and Falcons. Um, obviously right now a little bit of uh, strange timing with everything that's going on down in New Orleans. Um, I'm not a huge, you know, thoughts and prayers guy, and I try and stick to the topic of what's going on, you know, on the field. Um, but it would be kind of insensitive not to at least, you know, mention, obviously, we're hoping that everybody down in New Orleans is safe and that uh, not only the the organization will make it through this, but all the people down in that region. Obviously, this is bigger than football. So we'll get that, you know, out of the way. Um, obviously, a difficult subject and uh, tough time down in New Orleans, but we got to break down this team from a football standpoint. Um, so we're going to, you know, keep moving along. Um, obviously, the situation with the weather and the storm is going to impact this team as far as logistics and traveling situations throughout the season. So that's a big question mark that, to be honest, at the date of recording this, August 30th, I don't really have answers to all that. Um, the reports right now are that they're still scheduled to open the season against Green Bay, but that's supposed to be a home game in New Orleans. And it's yet to be determined if they're going to be able to, you know, play that game at the uh, Superdome down there. Um, I think right now they're practicing in Dallas. So they're kind of in limbo right now. They can't practice down in Louisiana. So this is a team they've been through it before. Head coach Sean Payton has been through this before 16 years ago with Hurricane Katrina. So um, it's unfortunate, but this is a team that's going to have to overcome some adversity this year, it looks like, at least early on in the season. And that's, you know, we never like talking about um, this kind of stuff, obviously. Uh, from a football standpoint, the big headline with this team uh, is losing Hall of Fame quarterback Drew Brees, uh, one of the greatest QBs of all time, arguably a Mount Rushmore guy, at least in the modern era. Um, and so uh, this team, you know, it's un unfortunate because this is a team the last three, four years that really had a legitimate Super Bowl window. The roster was absolutely stacked, um, but they just couldn't get it done, kept coming up short in the playoffs. Last year, they actually won their division, despite, you know, not really being remembered as that because the Bucs overshadowed them winning the Super Bowl. But they went 12-4 and four last year. Um, this was a team that proved that they can win games with a backup quarterback, you know, having a lot of success with uh, Teddy Bridgewater, um, not this past year, but two years ago. And uh, whenever um, Drew Brees has missed time recently, I think they went 3-1 and one and four starts with Taysom Hill. So it's a well-coached team. We'll see, you know, Sean Payton obviously knows what he's doing. It's just a big question is, um, you know, now you're doing it without Drew Brees for an entire season. So can you string that together for a 17-game stretch? 
Um, Jameis Winston recently named the starter. This was a team that had a QB battle throughout training camp. It's why I put off doing the NFC South until last so I could figure out who would be the starting QB for this team. Jameis Winston's looked pretty good in the preseason. Um, Taysom Hill's looked okay, but I think that Taysom Hill is so valuable to this team um, from a, a flex role standpoint, from a special teams contributor. You know, this guy covers punts and kickoffs for this team. And if you make him your starting QB, he's obviously not doing that stuff anymore. Uh, you also lose that gadget on offense, you know, being able to play that kind of H-back tight end uh, flex position. So uh, makes sense that they went with Jameis. He has looked really good in the preseason. So we'll see how this team does this year. It's kind of a new regimen. Um, like I said, 12-4 and four last year, number two seed in the NFC. They beat the Bears in the Nickelodeon playoff game that nobody watched, 21-9. to nine. And then they lost to the Bucks the next round at home in New Orleans, 30-20 to 20, to end Drew Brees' career. Um, the offense was fifth in points per game last year, despite using a backup QB for over four games. Uh, 30.1 points per game, 12th in yards per game, uh, 27 points, uh, excuse me, excuse me, guys. Um, 12th in yards per game, 376 yards per game. Uh, defensively, top five also. Uh, fifth in points per game, 21.1. Fourth in yards per game, only 310, which is really good. Um, obviously, with a top five offense, top five defense, and a QB that's known for protecting the ball, they finished very well in turnover margin, plus nine, uh, tied for third in the league. Coaching staff is all returning. Sean Payton's been there for almost two decades. Um, the offensive coordinator's been under Sean Payton for forever, and the uh, defensive coordinator's um, – God damn it. Uh, Allen. Brandon Allen, I want to say. That's not right. Um, Dennis Allen. Jesus, sorry, guys. Used to be the uh, head coach of the Raiders. He's been in New Orleans for forever. So, um, yeah, that's the coaching staff. Not much to talk about. Sorry for the for the blank there. Um, but we will move on to the personnel. And obviously, like I said, Drew Brees is gone. We kind of touched about that. Congrats on the Hall of Fame career, Drew. We'll see you in Canton in five years. Um, biggest, uh, contract loss as far as money for this team, Trey Hendrickson got a big deal with the Bengals defensive end. Uh, he had a massive sack year last year, as far as numbers. Um, and they lose, you know, he was kind of the, uh, um, second fiddle to Cameron Jordan's pass rush on the opposite side there. So they're going to need to get somebody to step up in that role. Cornerback Janoris Jenkins, defensive tackle Sheldon Rankinson, uh, Sheldon Rankins, uh, both starters that are gone from that defense. Wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders went to Buffalo. Linebacker Alex Anzalone is also gone. Tight end Jared Cook, tight end Josh Hill, uh, cornerback Justin Hardy, and defensive end Noah Spence. So those are the big losses there. Some pretty notable names with Breeze, Hendrickson, uh, Rankins, Jenkins, Sanders, Anzalone. Uh, Jared Cook. So some big names, um, a lot of losses for this team. Uh, not an overwhelming, um, you know, acquisition phase in free agency. Not many big names here. So I'll run through them. Tight end Nick Vanette, uh, defensive end Tano Pasanga, <clears throat> Pasagna, Pasagnan, fuck me. <laughs> uh, cornerback Brian Poole, defensive tackle Damian Square, Strong safety, Jeff Heath. I'm having trouble talking today. I'm recording much earlier in the day than I usually do, and I don't know if I'm fully awake, guys. Offensive guard, J.R. Sweezy. 
kicker Eldrick Rosas they brought in um, because their kicker Will Lutz has an injury right now, so he's going to miss some time to start the season. Um, they did re-sign a number of guys. This is another team that doesn't usually make big free agency signings. They just kind of keep their own contracts managed in-house. Um, Jameis Winston, they re-signed. QB Taysom Hill, they re-signed. So they brought both QBs back to let them battle them out. They actually gave Taysom a four-year deal, but a lot of avoidable years and avoidable money on that contract. So they're not actually attached to him for four years. Um, side note about Taysom, he has said publicly that if New Orleans doesn't view him as a franchise QB, he wants to move on and try and be a QB for another team. So we'll see how this situation plays out. So they re-signed the both QBs, uh, cornerback PJ Williams, linebacker Quan Alexander, cornerback Ken Crawley, and wide receiver Tommy Lee Lewis all got brought back as well. So we'll talk about the draft. Really not an overwhelming draft at all. They lost a number of starters on that defense, so they spent their draft picks replacing them. Defensive end Peyton Turner in the first round out of Houston. Uh, round two, linebacker Pete Werner. Round three, cornerback Paulson Adebo. And round four, quarterback Ian Book. This was a weird pick. I saw a lot of people shitting on this in the draft recaps. Ian Book was a guy that some people were determining, like, would he even be drafted? in like the sixth or seventh round and he went fourth round to new Orleans. So I saw a lot of people calling that out as quite a reach strength of schedule tied for 22nd. So doesn't look too tough on paper. Um, obviously the Panthers and Falcons both had bad years last year. We'll see how those teams play out. Both have major question marks on the rosters and you know, just in the general, you know, structure of the organization. So kind of a soft division. We know Tampa Bay is going to be good, though. And as we dive a little deeper to some of their, you know, out-of-division opponents, um, they have some winnable games, you know, against the Jets, Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, uh, Redskins. We'll see about the Patriots. I'm starting to come around to thinking the Patriots are actually going to be better than when I recorded their episode. Mac Jones has looked really solid in the preseason, and the defense and the running game look good. Um, but they have some, back to the Saints, they have some tough opponents. You know, Titans, Bills, mm, Seahawks. Like I said, Washington and New England could be better. The Packers. So kind of a mixed bag here. Um, but the over under for the wins is nine. And to be honest, I see them, I don't, I will not have a bet on this for sure, but I see them finishing around that nine. So it's just too close for me to call. This isn't necessarily a team that I have my mind made up on at this point, because there's too many question marks. And especially with this whole hurricane situation that just throws a monkey wrench into the whole handicapping situation. Um, but the over unders nine looking at the schedule, I think that they're around a 500 team. It's, you know, you can't finish eight and eight anymore, but I think this team takes a step back as far as the years past. I don't expect them to be this 12 and four, 13 and three powerhouse that we've seen over the last three seasons. Um, looking at their free agency, they lost a lot of key pieces and core pieces to that defense specifically. Drew Brees, you know, nothing to shit on Drew Brees because he's a future first ballot Hall of Famer, but he hasn't been good really the last like year and a half. 
So I'm not that concerned about the quarterback play being the reason for regression here. It's really just the depth of the roster has been diminished over the last uh, offseason or two. This is a team that's in a bit of um, cap space hell. They really are in a brutal financial situation with some of the contracts that they have piled up on this team. And, um, you know, Michael Thomas, I haven't even mentioned yet in this podcast, is dealing with a massive injury. He recently underwent corrective surgery late in uh, training camp. Um, So with like the fact that they have so much turnover on defense and loss of depth and the fact that they don't have Michael Thomas, they're not very deep at receiver or tight end outside of Michael Thomas. We'll get into the names in the fantasy breakdown, but there's a lot more holes on this roster than I've seen over the last three years. I would lean towards the under at nine, but I could easily see this pushing. It's just, I think it's asking a lot for this team to win 10 games with so much adversity and turnover this year. So the odds are under minus 150. The uh, It's over plus 120. If you like this Saints team, you can get positive odds on them to win nine, 10 games. Um, but it's really tough, you know, definitely a no bet for me on this one. Uh, could they, you know, keep chugging along because of how well coached they are because Jameis Winston has looked good. Um, maybe, but like I said, they lost a lot of big names here this off season guys. So the divisional odds are plus three fifty. The conference odds are plus 1425 and the Super Bowl odds are plus 3,300. And obviously, I don't really like many of these. If I expect this to be about a 500 team, I think the Bucs easily win this division. I talked about the Bucs on our last episode, and they have such a soft schedule. I'm starting to think um, they have a pretty fair shot at that number one seed in the NFC. Uh, I've been looking at a place to bet that if I can either get the – I think the Packers have value as being the, the one seed in the NFC, but I looked at that Bucks schedule, and it is cake. Uh, playoffs for the Saints, yes, plus 100, no, minus 130. So the no is the favorite, and the under on the wins is the favorite. <clears throat> that gives you guys kind of an idea of how some of the Vegas sports books are uh, looking at this team. They don't have high expectations, and neither do I. I don't think this is a team that's going to be, you know, bottom of the barrel. They're too well coached and uh, too consistent. Um, I think they. They have the ability to make up for some efficiencies and talent deficiencies and talent just based on uh, scheme alone and coaching. And I think uh, Sean Payton's a great fit for kind of uh, as far as if Jameis was going to have any sort of resurrection to his career, this is probably the place to do it. So there's upside here. I think there's fantasy value in the offense, but I'm not optimistic about the wins uh, with the schedule and the adversity. So we'll talk about fantasy and Jameis to me is a real value. You know, I talked about how Michael Thomas isn't there and they're not deep at receiver, but I think, like I said, Sean Payton can scheme guys open. He will figure out creative ways to get his playmakers in open space. He uses Alvin Kamara in the passing game better than any coach uses any running back in the passing game in the entire NFL. Um, So there, there are, you know, going to be ways to manufacture offense here. Jameis is going undrafted still 17th round in deep leagues. Um, He's a guy, if you want to take the two QB approach, like he's, I would love it. If you can get like a super late, you can get like a Jameis. And I mean, like I've I've talked about guys like Tannehill or it's Tua, 
even like Fitzpatrick, Big Ben, like any of these guys, Stafford maybe going a little bit earlier. But Jameis is a guy, I don't know if I'd draft him as my only quarterback in fantasy, but if you're just not in love with one guy and you want to kind of take a shot on two late guys and see who plays out or kind of alternate matchups week to week, I think Jameis is going to have his weeks where he's super fantasy relevant. Uh, He looked great last week against the Jags in the preseason going to uh, young wide receiver Marquez Callaway. I'll talk about him more during the um, wide receiver breakdown, but he looked fantastic. He caught two deep touchdowns from Jameis and looks like a breakout candidate. Uh, Kamara is next. He's going 103. I don't have a problem with it. Uh, I'm not sure. It depends on what league I'm in. I don't know if I'd take Kamara or Henry this year. Um, it's kind of tough, but it's obviously any of the top four running backs, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about. I don't have worries for Kamara. I think the way that Sean Payton schemes his running backs open in the passing game, you know, people are worried about Drew Brees not being there and having the receptions go down. But um, I would say my comparison to that, people say that Jameis doesn't throw to the running back and check down. He's more of an air it out guy. But Cam Newton wasn't a check down to the running back guy either until the Panthers drafted uh, Christian McCaffrey. And then the coaches said, hey, you have the best check down running back in the league. So why don't you use him a little bit? And then he he started throwing to him. So I think the same thing happens here. I think Jameis realizes pretty early that um, Kamara can make his job very easy. So I'm not worried about him getting less passing work this year. There's two other running backs on the roster, Latavius Murray and Tony Jones Jr. is actually a guy not many people know the name. I'm hearing that Tony Jones Jr. has been so impressive in training camp and preseason that Latavius Murray is a cut candidate. So be on the lookout for that. This is a team that has used a second running back to have some standalone value in fantasy and be an excellent handcuff choice if Kamara goes down. So just be aware of those names. Murray could get cut. He's being drafted 15th round as a handcuff to Kamara. But if he gets cut, Tony Jones is the guy to, to know and to own as your Kamara handcuff. Uh, Michael Thomas still being drafted in the sixth round. I have no idea when he's coming back. I'm not going to spend much time on him. That situation is a mess, and my guess is kind of as good as yours. But I would not draft him in the sixth round of my fantasy leagues. I don't know if I'd draft him in any round of my fantasy leagues because it's just a wasted roster spot for potentially half, if not more, of the season. I just don't like doing that. I'd rather have some other guy waste a roster spot, and I'll take a shot on a breakout receiver. Um, the other receivers, I'm going to list like five or six names, but I'm going to go through them super quick because there's really only like one guy I'm interested in for fantasy. Uh, Traquan Smith is being drafted in the 16th round um, of fantasy. He's not a guy that's shown much yet. New Orleans had high hopes for him to be kind of a number two receiver opposite Michael Thomas, but he's been super inconsistent and kind of lackluster throughout his career. The guy I'm taking a shot on is Marquez Callaway. I mentioned him uh, talking about Jameis. He's going 15th round, so basically free in your fantasy drafts. I think this is a guy you can get as your fifth, sixth receiver in fantasy drafts, and he could have flex appeal every single week, if not wide receiver two potential. He looked fantastic in the preseason, and I've heard nothing of good but good things about him as far as beat reporters, training camp reports, um, all summer talking about Marquez Callaway. And I saw with my own two eyeballs, the guy looks good. He passes the eyeball test, so I'm very interested in him as a late-round sleeper. Um, all the rest of the guys, not touching any of them for fantasy, but you should know who they are because there's obviously a huge vacancy in targets for this team and somebody's going to have to catch passes. Lil Jordan Humphrey is a guy. Um, he's like six, four, so he's not that Lil. Um, and yes, that's his name. Lil Jordan, L I L Jordan. That's his first name. Um, 
Deontay Harris is like their punt returner gadget guy. He could see the field more. Ty Montgomery is a guy people know from Green Bay. Uh, wide receiver converted to running back, converted back to wide receiver, so he can do a lot of different shit for you. Chris Hogan is on that roster. You guys know him from New England. He's like their fifth receiver on the depth chart, so I don't know if he's really going to earn a role, but he's obviously been a guy who's been relevant before, so we'll see. Um, and that's pretty much it for all the like hodgepodge of receivers there. And then the tight end situation, Adam Troutman going like 15th round in your drafts. I mentioned him as a guy I wanted to include as a potential breakout um, value on ADP at tight end. He's dealing with an injury right now. I've heard he's only expected to miss maybe three, four weeks, but it's something that you're probably not going to draft him right now. You're going to wait until he comes back from that injury, see how he looks, maybe pick him up off the waiver wire. Um, but he's a guy with potential drafted in the second round three years ago. Um, last year graded as the top run blocking tight end in the NFL. So he can really bully people at the line of scrimmage and, he, and the saints traded up into the second round to draft this guy. So they're invested in making him a part of their offense. Um, backup tight end Nick Vanette, they signed in free agency. He's worth knowing about. He should be the starter until Troutman comes back. So that's the Saints, guys. I'm doing three episodes today, so I'm going to keep my rambles short. For the most part, we are going to move on and talk about the Panthers next and get this shit wrapped up. So thank you for listening and ramble on.